This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Pugh is out with a new study on uh, religiosity. They find that uh, people who are uh, actively religious, practitioners of their faith, church attendees, are happier than the less religious. They uh, looked at 19 countries. Gaps are striking. In the U.S., for instance, 36% of the actively religious describe themselves as very happy, compared with only 25% of the inactively religious and 25% of the unaffiliated. Significant difference. Also, there tends to be a, a good connection between better health and religious devotion because people who tend to be practitioners of their faith, for example, smoke and drink less than their counterparts who are not religious, serious about their religion, serious about their faith, or uh, otherwise active. In all but two of the 19 countries Pew looked at, for which data available, actively religious, less likely than the unaffiliated to smoke, and in all but one country, uh, less likely than the inactively religious to smoke as well, for example. There's uh, additional societal benefits to practicing your faith. Wall Street Journal uh, op-ed by an executive at the uh, Philanthropy Roundtable last week. uh, Among Americans who attend services weekly, 45% do volunteer work compared with 27% for the entire population. Amy Jacobson. Amy Jacobson. May, may I say? Yeah. Well, I do. Yeah, I mean, a good I example. I, yeah. It's a real thing. It's so true. A uh, number of studies that find that uh, church attendance, including in urban centers, associated with better academic performance, more success in holding jobs, less incidence of criminal activity. Amy Jacobson. Yes, you have not committed a crime in some time ever I since you started attending church. Yeah. Um, and uh, so the disappearance of churches, what to do with empty churches, the uh, headline of this uh, op-ed in the journal I was referring to, uh, combined with uh, the disappearance of parishioners in states like Illinois, when you have uh, an exodus like we're seeing, an exodus not seen since the Israelites fled Egypt, Illinois leading the nation in out-migration five years running, and that will continue, and a local pastor named Mike Woodruff, a senior pastor at Christ Church. Uh, He's uh, actually finally figured this out, one of the few in the clergy who has. Hey, uh, if all our parishioners leave, all our congregants leave, we might not. That's not good for the church. It's not good for the community we attempt to serve. So it turns out that uh, just because we're not getting forced out of our church through confiscatory property taxes like homeowners are or commercial businesses are in Illinois, um, yeah, we get impacted too. Nobody gets out of this catastrophe called Illinois unscathed. Welcome to the party, men and women of the cloth. I'm sorry to say the Catholic Church in this, certainly the archdiocese, is not as woke, if I could borrow a word, on the topic as Pastor Woodruff, who joins us now. Mike Woodruff, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Good to be here. So, um, you know, describe your uh, sort of coming to terms with the fact that uh, Illinois' economic death spiral has a negative impact on uh, faith communities. 
Yeah, such a happy topic for early in the morning. Well, um, well I, a few years ago, I was reading an article in The Economist. I was sitting at O'Hare Airport. I was reading an article in The Economist, and it was on Illinois' pension woes. And I glanced up at the screen, and I saw uh, a news report about rioting in Greece. And I had one of those serendipitous moments where I thought, uh, wow, uh, maybe I had to put more attention to some of the challenges that are affecting the state and affecting people, as you know, I mean, real, real people get hurt because of these things. And so that was a few years ago. Well, and okay. And so the conversations you've had with your colleagues in different faith communities about, uh, Hey, have you noticed, um, you see dwindling, uh, uh, dwindling attendance at your services? Hey, have you noticed that uh, people are having, a more and more difficult time of making it a go here. Have you noticed that maybe some of the policies being advanced by the political ruling class in the state of both parties should be addressed by men and women of the cloth? Yeah, so I started, I mean, I'm obviously in lots of those conversations, and you're always trying to figure out how people are doing and how things are going and what the trend lines are. The the reason I wrote the letter that I wrote uh, was because Lots of people who end up on staff at a church are people who are sort of wired and inclined to run towards the crisis and not necessarily to try and prevent it. And so it's just a little bit of a, hey, let's get out of, let's get ready for some of the additional challenges that are in the pipeline. Some of these things are in the pipeline. There's no avoiding them at this point. So let's think ahead to how we get better positioned to help people who are going to get hurt pretty significantly by some of the challenges that are in the pipeline. Yeah. Is there, um, how do you suggest we try and get more people to church? I mean, I, I was part of two churches, St. John's. Oh, and, well, you know, Andy, they closed I, I, down, I, I, and then the one in Skokie, the Episcopal Church, my grandparents started that shut down too because of low attendance. Yeah, well, you know, we've sort of seen a big shift in the last, um, in in 50 years in one sense. We sort of moved from a from a Sabbath where people were were restored uh, to a Sunday where people have been amused to a weekend where people are trying to catch up. And now uh, I think there's a little bit of pushback on that front. So, yeah, I mean, I, hey, Andy, we'll, we'll sign you up to... Um, to help promote churches throughout Chicago, and uh, as you as you noted earlier, there's lots of studies that suggest that life works better when people figure out what life is about and are connected to God and others and are serving people and sort of have rightly ordered loves and all the things that for two to three thousand years we've known about. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah, I, well, well, I've I figured that out. Uh, through scripture, not me, but I figured it out, I understand it, and uh, I'm trying to act in furtherance of it. But let me tell you something else about Illinois in particular, and I'm Catholic, so let me tell you, just talk about the Catholic Church. With the exception of some parishes, like the one I attend, the Catholic Church has been a disgrace as it pertains to taking up any of these issues that have hurt its parishioners. And I'm not just talking about scandal within the church. I'm also talking about the scandalous policies promulgated by Illinois' political ruling class. They have been absent without leave on these issues as 
at tens of thousands. Now we're getting into hundreds of thousands of Illinoisans flee for other states every year. Absent without leave. They've said nothing except, frankly, to throw in with the political ruling class more often than not. And so part of this is a little bit of accountability, I would hope, uh, not just in the Catholic Church, but I'll start there, my own faith, uh, for what they have allowed to metastasize on their watch. They're not innocent. They're not absolved of responsibility. They're here. And I would say the same thing of other faith communities. What are you doing to prevent Illinois from being the worst governed state in the country, which it is? Yeah, so, Dan, I'm not, I'm not sure what you want me to say. Well, yeah. I, want, I, want, I want you to there say, I, I mean, you, you, either, either clergy gets involved, religious yeah. leaders get involved in the political and policy process, or they don't. And the question is, you know, what are clergy going to do? Yeah. Yeah, well, so the, the clergy don't act as a monolithic block, as, as nobody does. But what I, so... Yes, the good government matters to people, and we see it, and, and, and we're seeing it now. And and what I have been trying to do is a little bit less uh, of the prophetic role, although I'm absolutely all for that. I think we need to speak truth to power, and and we are trying to do that. I'm also saying let's figure out ways to educate but also to help and let's figure out how to mobilize people to love and serve there's going to be more people hurt so so as you and others are trying to figure out how do we get out and fix the political problem i'm saying it would be prudent for lots of people to figure out how to help others and to bring a sense of hope in the midst of this so it's going to get worse i i believe that but i also think that there's hope and there's reasons that if good people will step up we can see some things turn. Well, I agree with that. I guess my point is to say, look, I mean, all the volunteerism that we mentioned at the outset and that uh, faith communities are so important in supporting is all good. That's great. But what I, I don't see uh, is the sort of policy activism that is required, required just civically. Forget to uh, just strip away any religious designation yeah. civically to speak truth to power, to borrow a social justiceism, as you did, to put in the fight to make judgment calls and to inform parishioners and congregants who otherwise are ill-informed about what's going on and why to take positions rather than do the Pontius Pilate routine that so many men and women of the cloth are content to do in this state because they say, well, that's not my role. My role is just to be a shepherd. I'm sorry, but it's all hands on deck at this point. Okay. Well, um, I, I am um, one, one hand on deck. Okay. So, um, well, that's the way. But I mean, <laughs> that, I mean, my, my point is to say you are. I mean, I'm not trying to berate you. Yeah. I'm mostly berating yeah. people that are in my church. <laughs> but, um, but I just want other people to say that, to say we have to, it doesn't have to be from the pulpit. Okay, fine. But the, the lame excuses about C3 status and the lame excuses about that's not my role, that's not my purview— it just doesn't wash anymore for me, and I wish more clergy like you would take up these issues and have conversations within your circles of influence about them. Yep. Well, so, and I'm, I'm going to spin this just a little bit, and I'm going to say I think that there are opportunities to have these conversations across the aisle. There's opportunities to have these conversations more broadly when people are 
serving, when people are helping, when people are saying, I'm not simply going to sit back and, and be frustrated or say other people need to do things or government needs to do things. I, I think government needs to be responsible, and I, I would fault, obviously, Dylan Horton for not being responsible. But what I'm also trying to say is there's opportunities now to love and serve, to mobilize volunteers, to figure out how to help people. So in the midst of when you're helping somebody, you have a much greater opportunity to try and persuade them <laughs> that maybe they ought to take a look at what, you, what you're saying on other fronts. Yeah, so, no, I agreed. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, right. No, I know. That's my point. That's why it's actually men and women of the cloth that are best positioned to move the needle and to imbue people with a sense of hope to dispel the fatalism that otherwise afflicts this state. That's that's sort of my point. Yeah. yeah. And I do. And I have tried to say that's one of the other things that I've tried to do. When I, when I first did a deep dive on this three, four years ago, um, <laughs> You know, it, well, you, you may know this, uh, Dan, but it, it's hard to get invited to parties when you want to talk about how bad things are and, and how bad they're going to get. And while, you know, most states are paying 9% of their budget towards public pensions and we're at whatever, approaching 30 and we're headed north of that. And how do you balance budgets and how are you going to fix this? Uh, and at some point I woke up and said, okay. I've got to, we've got to bring a little bit of hope and can do and let's do this and let's tackle this. And it, it, it also comes alongside caring for people. I'm, I'm trying it, at Christ Church, trying to mobilize more volunteers, serve more people, work through all kinds of existing organizations to make things better. And at the same time say, you know, big government is a, is a moral issue. We need, we need, we need better government. All right. He is Pastor Mike Woodruff, senior pastor at Christ Church. Uh, you should check out the story, uh, which is uh, how we came to uh, identify Pastor Woodruff. It's uh, Gospel Coalition, thegospelcoalition.org, thegospelcoalition.org. Churches brace for the Illinois exodus, as well as the uh, piece in the Wall Street Journal, What to Do with Empty Churches. Uh, pastor Woodruff, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. You've made the switch. And it feels so good. You switch to Chicago's Morning Answer on AM 560, The Answer.